Welcome to Episode 11 in the Lives of the Saints, a second series. I'm Father Ron Shibley, founder and director of the Anglican Internet Church. In this episode, I pay tribute to St. Cornelius the Centurion, whose feast day is February 4th. In some jurisdictions, he is celebrated on other dates. The musical theme for the second series is Horatio Nelson's hymn, From All the Saints in Warfare, written in 1864 A.D. and played to the tune Aurelia, primarily remembered as the tune for the Church's One Foundation. The recording was produced in the United Kingdom by Richard Irwin, whose website, www.hymnswithoutwords.com, includes many traditional Anglican hymns and tunes available for download and use in local services. I thank Richard Irwin for granting permission for its use in the Lives of the Saints series. Nearly everything we know about St. Cornelius comes from St. Luke's account in Acts 10, which also includes a reference to the traditional times of prayer, 6th and ninth hour being 12 noon and 3 p.m. respectively. A centurion was a Roman military officer who had 100 men under his command. St. Luke reveals that Cornelius was part of the Italian regiment, technically known as a cohort, based in the Mediterranean port city of Caesarea, about 25 miles north of the present-day city of Joppa, Israel. St. Luke calls Cornelius, quote, a devout man and one who feared God in Acts 10, verse 2a. Eastern church scholars believe the phrase, one who feared God, unquote, refers to a Gentile who followed the Jewish faith but who had not yet been accepted as a full convert. St. Luke further testified concerning the centurion that he and his household, quote, gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always, in verse 2b. At about ninth hour, meaning 3 p.m., the centurion, quote, saw clearly in a vision, verse 3, an angel of the Lord who called him by name, in verse 4. St. Luke tells us that Cornelius was afraid and said in reply, What is it, Lord? To which the angel replied, Your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging with Simon a tanner, whose house is by the sea. He will tell you what you must do. That's Acts 10, verses 4 through 6. The vision was represented in Western art in an oil-on-canvas by Gerbron van den Eekwoud, a pupil of Rembrandt, in 1663 A.D. and now on display in the Walters Art Gallery in Baltimore, Maryland. Like the Blessed Virgin and St. Joseph in the accounts in St. Luke's Gospel, Cornelius was obedient to the angel's instructions and sent two of his servants and one soldier to Joppa, as recorded in Acts 10, verses 7 and 8. 
For more on the theological virtue of obedience, see episode 5 for day 5, December 29th, in the AIC seasonal video series, The Twelve Days of Christmas, the direct URL for which is https colon slash slash youtube dot be right slash s four r b one zero two t l m s it is also linked from the digital library page on our website www.anglicaninternetchurch.net the narrative in Acts is interrupted by St. Peter's own vision at 6th hour or 12 noon. The following day of a sheet descending and the voice from heaven telling him, quote, What God has cleansed you must not call common. The full meaning of this instruction would not be clear to Peter until the following day, and we'll discuss that in a moment. At the end of the vision in St. Luke's account, the Holy Spirit came upon Peter, telling him of the three men who would come and instructing him, Arise, therefore, go down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them, in Acts 10, verses 20 to 21. The illustration for this and the next two slides is a 6th century Byzantine mosaic of St. Peter at the Hagia Sophia Constantinople, now Istanbul, Turkey. The three men at the gate at the gate of the house describe Cornelius as, quote, a just man, one who fears God and who has a good reputation among all the nation of the Jews, was divinely instructed by a holy angel to summon you to his house and to hear words from you. That's Acts 10, verse 22. Peter thereafter invited them into his house and lodged them there until the next day when they could proceed to Caesarea in search of Cornelius. When Cornelius and St. Peter meet at Caesarea, Cornelius fell to his knees at St. Peter's feet as if to worship him. And St. Peter, quote, lifted him up and admonished him that he was only a man like Cornelius implying the Jewish and Christian doctrine that only God may be worshipped. It was at that moment that St. Peter realized the true meaning of his vision the previous day. He said in verse 28, God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Cornelius recounted his vision to Peter, ending by saying, Now, therefore, we are all present before God to hear all things commanded to you by God. To which Peter replied, In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. That's Acts 10, verse 34. St. Peter understood that God meant the church to be spread to all nations and not just the Jews. This comes not long after the Samaritans had been added to the list of those who could receive the Holy Spirit and be admitted into the church, an account found in Acts chapter 8, verses 14 to 25. The illustration is St. Cornelius in the house of St. Peter, an engraving from Gustav Do- by Gustav Doré from Doré's English Bible. 
The speech which St. Peter then made to Cornelius forms part of what would later be called the Kerygma message or proclamation, which was an unwritten understanding of doctrine which was in wide circulation before the Gospels and Epistles were in common circulation. It is also necessary instruction to Cornelius who was already a devout, quote, fearer of God, unquote, but who lacked knowledge of the gospel. The illustration is a Byzantine icon of St. Peter at Mount Athos Monastery in Greece, depicting him in the traditional Eastern Church style with curly hair and beard. But in every nation who fears him and works righteousness is accepted by God. The word which God sent to the children of Israel preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word you know which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth and the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. And we are witness, witnesses of all things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they killed by hanging on a tree. Him God raised up on the third day and showed him openly, not to all the people, but to witnesses chosen before by God, even to us who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead." And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that it was he who was ordained by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him all the prophets witness that through his name whoever believes in him will receive remission of sins. That's Acts 10 verses 35 to 43. In what scholars call the Pentecost for the Gentiles... In St. Luke's account, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who heard the word while Peter was still speaking, according to the account in Acts 10, verse 44. Even before baptism, the usual first step in entry into the church, the Holy Spirit had descended upon those believing Gentiles at Caesarea. St. Peter then celebrated the sacrament of baptism upon Cornelius and his family, who spoke with tongues, meaning languages other than those they had learned, and magnified God. The dispute over admission of Gentiles like Cornelius was not finally settled until the Council of Jerusalem around 50 A.D. and recorded in Acts chapter 15. The illustration is the baptism of Cornelius, an oil on canvas by Francisco Trevisani, painted around 1709 A.D. Nothing more is known in Scripture of Cornelius. Early traditions in the Eastern Church say that he went on to become the bishop of Caesarea in Palestine. Other accounts say that he was bishop of Skepsis, which is in western Asia Minor. Still other accounts say he died a martyr. His image is often used at military sites, such as in the stained glass windows at the 19th century Episcopal Chapel at Governor's Island, New York, which was once a military facility. 
The collect for the Feast of Cornelius the Centurion is from the 1963 edition of Lesser Feasts and Fasts. O God, who by thy Spirit didst call Cornelius the Centurion to be the first Christian among the Gentiles, grant to thy church in every nation a ready mind and will to proclaim thy love to all who turn to thee with unfeigned hope and faith for the sake of Jesus Christ our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the same Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Thank you for joining me for episode 11 in the Lives of the Saints second series. Next time, in episode 12, I celebrate the life of St. Simeon of Jerusalem, whose feast day is February 18th. Episodes of all our videos are available both on our YouTube channel. The full URL address is https colon slash slash www youtube.com slash c slash st john c with saint spelled out and through the episode links at our newly redesigned website for which the full url is http colon slash slash www.anglicaninternetchurch.net at that site you'll find the link to the digital library which gives access to our seasonal videos and other videos A Bible study link similarly connects you to our two existing Bible study video series, New Testament Gospels and Revelation. Additional series are planned for later in A.D. 2017. The podcast homilies link gives access to the entire archive of MP3 podcast homilies for all the Sundays in the 1928 Book of Common Prayer and on other topics. The virtual bookstore links at the bottom center of the home page provide access to information about both the paperback and Kindle editions of all our AIC bookstore publications. Purchase of these books helps fund this Internet ministry. 100% of all book royalties are contributed to the AIC. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be merciful to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Glory be to God for all things. Amen. This program has been a presentation of the Anglican Internet Church. We invite you to visit our newly redesigned website and use its resources at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net.